The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What's going on, Rams fans? Welcome back to Rams Showcase tonight. Off-season workouts begin. Plus, Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald may not break the bank. And later, Skip Bayless said, what now? Next on Rams Showcase. Welcome to Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. What's going on, Rams fans? And welcome back into Rams Showcase right here on Sports War Radio on the fan side of network. I'm your host, Joe Brandon, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Beggs. I am laying down the law for you tonight. Not a whole lot to get into, but we do have a decent amount to talk about. I did not ask for fan quesos, so we do not have that on the back end. We will kind of compensate for that going into next week as we head into the NFL draft next week, actually. So it's uh, not an exciting time, I guess, for Rams fans, or not the most exciting time for Rams fans. But that's all good. Uh, Before we get into the beef here, uh, just a couple of housekeeping items for you. If you are hearing the audio-only version of this, great news. There's a YouTube channel that you can subscribe to, youtube.com slash ramshowcase. Give a subscribe there. You can watch a video version of the full podcast. If you are watching the video version on YouTube, then, hey, great news. There's also an audio-only version of Ram Showcase that you can listen to wherever If you're, like, driving or something, or you need to, maybe you're working out, maybe you can't always be watching the video, there's an audio version as well. It's the same exact thing. And you can find that anywhere. iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all of the places you find podcasts, you can find Ram Showcase, I promise you. And, uh, just, like, my only other thing here, my only other house, well, you can subscribe to, to, or... Follow the Ram Showcase on social media, which is at Ram Showcase just about everywhere. And also, the only other thing that I have is if you have not already, first of all, fallen totally in love with Bobby Wagner being a Los Angeles Ram, then there's about a 30-minute interview that he did on the Rich Eisen Show that I think will help that along if you would like to join us Uh, I say us because I know 100% I'm not alone in my excitement for Bobby Wagner. Uh, it, you could join us and check that out, and I, I think that that'll lead to a decent amount of excitement as uh, as we kind of learn who Bobby Wagner is and and just get pumped about him. I also I didn't realize that he went with he was wearing fifty four because it added up to nine. And if you guys see this jersey up here, you guys will see that is my number, number nine. And I've got my Stafford because of it and stuff like that. But that's why he went with 45. Uh, it, it had nothing to do with 54. It was all just that it added up to number 9. And so he went with 45 because of that, which I absolutely love as well. The number 9 is awesome. All right. Let's get into the beef here. Also, by the way, I am 100% drinking coffee. Uh, I now work nights, and it right now is morning. So... That is going to be a thing that happens uh, probably probably forever now on Ram Showcase as I now do nights 
for a radio station, so it's fun. Uh, let's see. All right, beef time. Off-season workouts, they did begin, and we are seeing some some awesome clips and some some sweet montages and stuff on the Ram Showcase social media pages about these workouts uh, beginning. It's really cool to see Wagner in there. It's really cool to see Robinson in there. And then, of course, it's awesome to see our regulars in there as well, guys like Cooper Cup uh, in there working out. Ernest Jones seems to be getting a lot of the spotlight right now, which is really exciting. I think that he's he's kind of primed to make a big jump. And also, not only is, I think, Ernest Jones just in a position to make a big jump, but now he's also learning from Bobby Wagner, who is a regular person who is in contact with Ray Lewis. So I imagine that that trio will eventually become some sort of thing where Ernest Jones and Ray Lewis are interacting. But Bobby Wagner has basically said, he, he was talking about this on Rich Eisen, that he, he said that he wants to be for others what Ray Lewis has been to him which is just some like a kind of guiding force and an inspiration and so that immediately my very my brain went immediately to Ernest Jones and it was like okay this is perfect like Ernest Jones who already he has like the the schematics he's got the framework in place to be an all-time great linebacker and now he's working alongside a future Hall of Famer in Bobby Wagner and has a direct connection now to another Hall of Famer in Ray Lewis. So I think that that's a kind of a perfect situation. And I'm excited to see what Ernest Jones can do. I know that Bobby Wagner, B-Wags, is the conversation right now at the linebacker spot. I'm going to be riding the, the Ernest Jones train pretty heavy as we continue. Because we know that Bobby Wagner is awesome. What we, what we know is also that, that Ernest Jones has the ability to become that. But we need to see it unfold, of course. But... I think we're headed in the right direction. Also, Justin Hollins. I'm going to be riding that one <laughs> pretty hard as well, too. But I got to say, so far, we are back into the the offseason workouts. And being in a Super Bowl, this happened the 2018 season as well, going into the next year. It just felt so quick. The offseason is basically like we're just plowing right on through. I feel like we just were playing games not long ago. And now we're already back in action, uh, preparing for another run. And... Let's see if this team can can do it. And I, I've talked about it before of it, like how hard it is to to repeat. And I, I think that in after the 2018 season, that season, I know for myself and I can only speak from my own personal experience. And I definitely got like some people that were making fun of me for these comments before. But that season was exhausting and it took like it took a lot out of me as a person covering it. But then this one was not the same way, even though it was this well even longer in like technically because uh, the the Rams I mean, there was also the extra the extra regular season game there. But that 2018 season, like I felt exhausted afterwards, and I was kind of burnt out after that season had ended. And then we went right into the off season, and I didn't feel like I had recovered. Like I myself, I didn't feel like I recovered. And I don't know if that's the same case for anybody else, but it was kind of like the like the off season workouts began going into the the 19 season and it was like oh my gosh like I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for this to become like to be back already but this season is just so different for myself I know that like I kind of I don't want to say like oh I've got experience now with the Rams being in the Super Bowl I mean it's kind of true but like I kind of knew what to prepare for and I knew that this offseason was going to feel very short but it was one of those where it's like okay let's take like let's 
pull it back a little bit and and then now we're kind of ready to roll and I, I think it helps also in my personal life of getting like a new job stuff like that i think that, that kind of helped me kind of change the era and kind of flip that page into going into a new season entirely but it kind of also just feels like i say all that because it also feels like the team is is just a different vibe from when after that 2018 season it felt like the team was exhausted as well and maybe i'm alone there maybe i'm maybe i'm completely just you know blowing smoke and i have no idea what i'm saying but I know for myself that after the 2018 season, I was more exhausted. It felt like the team was more exhausted. And of course, follow that up with just a nine and seven record. But this year feels completely different. And it feels like the Rams, like they won the Super Bowl, but that's now wiped off. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, that doesn't do anything for us now. Winning that Super Bowl does not help us going into the 2022 season. That, that, like, there's different conversations that, that have to be had as far as like, that goes, I guess, because if we're talking about who is the best team right now, it's obviously the Los Angeles Rams. If we're talking about who is the best team overall and we're going to go historical and stuff like that, then we got to have the conversations of, of like the previous winners and stuff like that. But the, where we are right now, the Rams are the best, but it also feels like going into the season, we're not using that as like we won the Super Bowl as like this mindset entering the next season of like we are unstoppable because we did this. It, it's, it feels like the team's going into the season like, OK, we did that, but now that's over. Now it's time to put it back together and make another run. That's just kind of the vibes that I'm picking up myself. I don't. Please let me know if you guys are feeling something different on the other end of this year. Um, but it's just kind of how it feels like to me. It feels like this team is more prepared to have a shortened offseason with making it all the way to the Super Bowl than they were before in the 2018 season, uh, which was, it was only Sean McVay's second year as the Rams coach. So, I mean, it makes sense that that we're better prepared now going into this year uh, than we were back then. The Rams also, by the way, we are one week away from the draft, but we're also like, I mean, the Rams don't participate in day one. Uh, day one is for suckers. And you know what? Round two, I'm, I'm going to say this year is also for losers unless the Rams move up into that round. And then that round is for winners. But the first round, I don't anticipate the Rams getting there. Uh, so uh, that round is for dweebs. And uh, the Rams did announce their their draft house. There's some incredible photos. I may or may not put some of those up on the YouTube version of this video. Uh, depending on time, <laughs> and uh, it's it's awesome. I mean, there's there's no other way to put it. I mean, the 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 Rams draft house is exactly what you would expect it to be. It's incredible. Last year it was somewhere else. Um, this one's in in Hollywood Hills, but the Rams also don't pick till 104. It doesn't seem like a very nap friendly place. Like it's very modern in that in that regard. So I don't know if the the Rams will be napping during the first round. Probably getting into it and seeing what the the rest of this division is going to look like. What are the Seahawks going to do at nine? You know, stuff like that is kind of what we'll, we'll be keeping our eyes on. And then now, I mean, it feels like the, the 49ers might jump into that first round potentially with a, a Debo trade. But we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, and then also there is a contest to check out the house and uh, for a fan to, to check out the house. And you could also meet some Rams execs, which would include Les Snead. I believe Demoff would be there. Uh, it feels like McVeigh would probably be there as well, but uh, yeah, I think that would be awesome to go to go meet these people and uh, whoever it is, I think has the opportunity to to have like some really cool conversations with the Rams general manager. Let's make a deal, Sneed, because 
obviously he's like he's got his memes now which is really cool to see i i, I think it's fun i think though the way this team is right now i mean we are such a long way away from oh man i'm totally blanking on the name our old gm billy devaney uh we're so far away from from devaney and like spags and linehan and like all those guys you know like I don't know. It's it's kind of crazy to think that when when we go back and 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 kind of think about some of that stuff of of where this team is at right now and where this team has been. I mean, it's I mean, it really is unbelievable. It's some fun stuff. And for those fans, I I'm not a fan hater here. I'm not gatekeeping Rams fandom. Uh for those fans though that have been here for those times and saw like six wins in three seasons and stuff like that this is even better i have no hatred though towards the fans who are hopping on board now welcome and enjoy this ride because this is really fun but yeah it's some good stuff all right cooper cup and aaron donald their extensions are expected soon there are conversations going on cooper cup says that he's not trying to beat anybody and also not trying to reset the market at the wide receiver spot which is great news to hear. I mean, obviously, he deserves a massive payday. He he did something last year alone that only one other receiver has done in his entire career, and that would be winning the Triple Crown, winning Offensive Player of the Year, and Super Bowl MVP. Only one other wide receiver in NFL history has done all three of those things, and that was Jerry Rice, and Jerry Rice did not do it in one season. Cooper Cup did all three of those things in just one year, which is unbelievable unreal stuff right there uh but he deserves a massive payday but it also sounds like he's going to be willing to work with the team here and not just totally have one of these situations where he's like i want to be the highest paid if you can't do it somebody else will it doesn't seem like cooper cup has that mentality which is perfect for this team i mean that is such the rams mindset of like let's build it's very much like and people are gonna hate this but it's very much like Patriots dynasty vibes where they people were taking less money. Tom Brady was do you realize how much more Tom Brady could have made from the New England Patriots if he wasn't like open to to having that money get spread elsewhere? I mean he could have made stupid amounts of money for the New England Patriots, especially there near the end where he could have said like look at how many rings I have. Pay me my money like who cares if we can't get other people? I need this money kind of thing. He absolutely could have done that. And it's very possible that some teams would have participated in that. But Cooper Cup does not seem to have that feeling. It looks like he's going to be willing to work with the team and and allow the team to, to work with his deal in a way that's friendly and also gives him what he's worth. And I, I think we, we've seen how the team does that, which is give... Perfect example, Bobby Wagner's contract. It's sold as a five-year deal. Yes, it's a five-year deal, but really it's a two-year deal. And the reason it's really a two-year deal but is said to be a five-year deal is because we can now spread out the... We can con take his money, put it into bonus, but now we say, okay, that's spread out over five years. While he makes a bunch of money, the cap is thinned out over five years, and now you, you have a lower cap number in this year. If that makes sense, I, I hope that I'm making sense because that's like it's it, it's a little weird to explain the gymnastics that is happening here. But there's also people that are straight up there's GMs that are straight up like you can always work with the cap. There's 
it's always possible. And that's the that's the kind of stuff that the Rams do to be able to work around that cap. Aaron Donald also, though, he is expected to get a new big deal, which is very well deserved. I, I think that if Aaron Donald's not in the game on that fourth down play in the Super Bowl, maybe the Rams don't win. Like, honestly, Jalen Ramsey fell down and Jamar Chase was wide open right when Aaron Donald got to Joe Burrow. Who else in the NFL gets to Joe Burrow that fast? I'm not sure there is anybody else in the NFL that would have gotten to Joe Burrow when he did and essentially won the game for the Los Angeles Rams. And if anybody wants to say that Aaron Donald's not worth all the money, anything like that, just watch those last couple plays. Because what was it, second down or was it the third down? that he was being blocked. They tried to run the football right at Aaron Donald, which, A, come on now, guys. It's the Super Bowl. Zach Taylor, you're better than that, man. You've been, you were on the Rams. What are you trying to, whatever. Um, but they ran it right at Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's getting blocked and still makes the tackle for no gain and forces it to be fourth down. If if you need to th- see why he deserves all of that money, then, I mean, watch those last couple plays because without those, Maybe the Rams don't win the game, honestly. Without Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald, the Rams probably don't win the Super Bowl. As simple as that. And they deserve all the big dollar bills that are coming their way. But you can expect Aaron Donald's contract to be a lot of bonus money with extra years added on to his current deal. Originally, he had signed, I believe it was a five-year, 135, something around around that. Um, but expect just more years to be added and some extra bonus money being being uh, tagged on as well and that'll help the Rams thin out the salary cap and honestly the Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald deals that we are expecting as much as they're going to be making more money also we can I can confidently say that I think that it'll spread out that cap enough where the Rams will open up some space and potentially bring in the other names that we've kind of been tied to a little bit here and there uh, Tyron Matthew is one of those. Also, if Tyron Matthew comes in, the Rams have the ability to just cut uh, Taylor Rapp, uh, who saves the Rams about $2.5 million also. So you can wiggle around some cap space with Cup and Donald and then open up that extra two point five with Rapp. I think it's absolutely realistic that the Rams bring in Tyron Matthew and have Matthew and Fuller being the two safeties. Uh, there's also been some other conversations. Uh, I know Gilmore was in there, but obviously now he's off the market. Uh, there's some other edge rushers that have been talked about too, uh, Jadavian Clowney, who I don't necessarily get excited about, uh, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't also hate it. I don't know. There's also some other names out there. Uh, James Bradbury seems to be available from the New York Giants. I would be ecstatic if the Rams could pull off uh, Bradbury and have Bradbury play opposite of Jalen Ramsey. His cap number is about 13 million this year, though, so. He would possibly get traded and then a deal reworked to keep that number a little bit down. But we'll kind of see what happens. The Rams are still needing, though, what I would say still needing a CB2 if Robert Rochelle is not going to be that guy, which I think he can be. And he's said to be healthy now, but that is a position that the Rams probably will be addressing. And then I wouldn't be surprised to bring in another edge rusher. But Let's be real here, and we got the draft coming up in one week from uh, date of recording. I'm going to try to get this video out before I leave for work. If not, then it'll be out Friday, which means we're under a week until the draft. But realistically, I mean, if we're looking at the NFL draft, and the reason I don't do a lot of pre-draft coverage is the Rams pick at 104, and who at 104 is going to be available that would be a starter on this team. So this is really a depth draft. And I don't think that that should shock anybody or blow anybody's minds that the Rams are probably going to be going into this draft looking to fill out the roster, the bottom end of the roster, 
and and just get a little bit more well-rounded and get that depth at certain positions that are needed, like edge rusher, uh, cornerback, offensive line, you know, the, those spots that, that I think make perfect sense of, of needing some depth at. All right, uh, like I said, I don't have uh, fan quesos, so real fast, we'll talk about Debo. Uh, just because I wanted, to, I just wanted to mention this real fast. The, the NFC West has, I think, gotten a lot worse uh, this this off season. The AFC West, one hundred percent, has taken the title of best division in football. I don't, I, I wouldn't see an argument against that. Really, all four of those teams look like true contenders. I know that the Chargers didn't make the playoffs last year, but they are so stacked. Um, the the Raiders have always kind of been thrown in. I, I guess recently. Have, have been thrown in as like the worst team in that division uh, alongside with the Broncos, but the Broncos bring in Russell Wilson. The Raiders add somebody like Devontae Adams. So that division is just unbelievable. We all know who the Chiefs are. So they've t- taken the title of, of best division. And the Seahawks did not help that at all for the NFC West. And now the 49ers are not helping that at all. And Debo Samuel has requested a trade. It seems like this has come out about a week ago that he actually did request the trade, but nobody was talking about it. And then Adam Schefter is the one that said this happened about a week ago. But that kind of surprised me because Adam Schefter is a total toolbox where he loves to be first on stuff and he likes to report things without uh, without any regard of what kind of impact that'll have on the human beings that are being discussed. Um, and, and part of the story, he's, he's very quick to be first and uh, he wants to be first way more than he wants to be right. So I was really surprised to see him say that that had happened before and that potentially he knew about it and didn't say anything. That's very off brand for uh, a guy like Schefter, but Hey, I mean, maybe there's a new leaf coming from, from Schefter where he's, he's going to not be a total toolbox and and actually have some regard for humans that he's dealing with in his position because it's uh, gotten pretty rough in the past before but debo samuel honestly where could he uh, like this coming out right now is interesting timing because we are one week out from the NFL draft so what kind of impact does this have on the draft it kind of feels like that debo wants to get a massive payday and he's seeing what other receivers are getting Christian Kirk even like he knows Christian Kirk like they play twice a year and he's probably sitting here looking at his contract of like this dude is making that much money what can I go make and I don't know how many teams have like that kind of space where they would just be willing to toss dollar dollar bills at Debo Samuel like that but uh, there's there's definitely teams out there and I mean the way that the teams like the Rams structure deals I mean it's possible for him to get something going here but uh, where could he possibly go with one week before the draft I mean, you got to look at the teams that are that are needing a wide receiver and probably looking at wide receivers early in the in the draft. And you got to look at teams like the Jets, the Falcons, uh, teams that are up there that could use some weapons, some weaponry. Um, but you know what? That the timing is really interesting to me. It seems like this is something that should have come out uh, earlier. But uh, could Debo and Jimmy Garoppolo also be packaged? And who would want both of them? And I could only find one team that I think would take both of them, Debo and Jimmy, and could afford it, and also has like the capital to make a move happen, which would be the Houston Texans. I just don't see them being legitimate players in the Debo and Jimmy camp. You know what I mean? But also... Let's get these dudes to let not Jimmy because it's he's irrelevant. He's a very very good 
backup. Like he would, he's too good to be a backup, but he's like a bad starter, if that makes sense. Like that's kind of the window, the little pocket, <clears throat> excuse me, that I put him in. Uh, so I, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. But Debo, if Debo can go to the AFC, that would be awesome because that just means that the NFC gets even weaker, and not only the NFC but the NFC West gets weaker as well. Uh, the Bucks. That's the list of the like the competition for the Rams out of the NFC. <laughs> list all the teams that the Rams are in competition with. The Bucks, and that's your teams. Um, the Packers, I just don't buy. I, I'm not buying the Packers right now. They don't have any weapons right now. Of course, they're pre-draft. We'll see what happens, but um, I don't know. There's something about the Green Bay Packers and and the fact that they have no weapons. The fact that Aaron Rodgers broke the bank and then doesn't show up for voluntary camps. Like if you're going to be that guy who makes that kind of money, you got to be that guy, you know, who is also the leader of the team. And if you're not going to be there for this kind of stuff, then I, I think it's a bad look. Also that I just don't know Like, cause I have teams that actually make sense for a trade here. Uh, in my opinion, the jets, lions, Packers, Patriots, Colts, and chiefs. Um, not all those teams would, I think be willing to make this move or be able to afford the move, but Let's break those down a little bit here. The Chiefs losing Tyreek. I think that Debo would be a solid replacement. And they didn't replace Tyreek Hill with players who I think can fill that role. So I think Debo would make sense there. The Colts could absolutely use a wide receiver. Patriots, who the heck are the Patriots wide receivers? I don't even know if I can name any of them. So that would be a good spot there. The Packers, like I had mentioned, I'm just not sure the Packers. Uh, I'm not sure if their front office is competent enough to make this move. I think it makes, excuse me, uh, I think it makes perfect sense for them to make this move. I just don't think that they're competent enough to pull it off and be able to pay him what he's asking for. The Lions, I think, would be a great spot for Devo. Uh, that I think that he would fit in with that personality of the Detroit Lions under Dan Campbell. I think that he just, he fits there. The New York Jets, another team that I have, like, I could barely name anybody on that roster, but... Uh, I know that they could definitely use some weapons, and they also have the capital to make a move as far as a trade goes. So we'll see what happens, but uh, Debo leaving the San Francisco 49ers definitely makes the division worse, which helps the Los Angeles Rams, so I'm all about it. The The division itself, honestly, I mean, the, it's the Rams division right now. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, they, it seems like they're accepting a rebuild. The Arizona Cardinals, they have to prove that they can withstand late season and got to figure out what the heck is going on with Kyler Murray before I will even include them in a conversation. We need to see, uh, I think it's Cliff Kingsbury has not in any level, no matter where he's been coaching, he has not won more than two games in the final six of a season. So he's got to be able to prove that that's something that he can, uh, can overcome before I'm willing to put him in any real conversations of being contenders And in San Francisco. If they lose their best offensive weapon, it's not going to hurt my feelings at all. All right, guys, uh, we're going to take one quick break here, and on the other side, we're going to be talking about Skip Bayless. I just want to address some of his comments that he said. Uh, we don't have fan cases, so that'll be uh, the, the wrap-up here of the show. A little, a little quicker than our normal, our average shows, but uh, we'll get some good stuff, too, for uh, for Quesos uh, as we head into the draft of next week. So, one quick break here, and we're going to be talking about Skip Bayless and his comments about the Los Angeles Rams fan base.
Welcome back into Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio and the Fan-Sided Network. It is on uh, every page uh, of the Fan-Sided Rams website, which is ramblinfan.com, embedded directly into all those articles, which is, hey, awesome stuff there. Awesome stuff. I absolutely appreciate the uh, the, the peeps over at Fan-Sided. They've been super helpful and, and uh, super awesome and uh, helping Ram Showcase grow, which I love. And uh, my name is Sheriff Joe Beggs, laying down the law, you know, and <laughs> Skip Bayless is, he's in the, in, in the conversation a lot, um, and a lot of it's based on uh, the comments that he says, and the latest comments that, that kind of drew my attention, because I don't pay a lot of attention to, uh, to people like Skip Bayless, uh, the, the argument shows annoy me, I don't think they're fun to watch at all. I'll be watching ESPN, and all of a sudden, it's like, why am I getting frustrated? Like, oh, it's because Skip Bayless is on my screen, and it's like a subconscious thing. But Skip Bayless recently says that the worst fans in America are the Los Angeles Rams fans. So I heard that, and immediately I I was like, okay, well, Skip is Skip going to Skip. You know what I mean? That's like whatever he said. He just says things. He says things that are obnoxious and it is to get a reaction and it is to rile people up. And I, and I get that. And I was going to kind of go in on skip a little bit and have all these comments. I was going to try to, to come up with a bunch of jokes and, and all this stuff. But you know what? I mean, I don't think that's the approach I wanted to take. Uh, just try to try to go after skip and just like try to make a bunch of fun of, <laughs> of him. It's too easy to make fun of skip Bayless, honestly. So I mean, whatever. And the fact that I'm talking about this right now means that he already won. So, congrats to Skip on winning because he got in... He he did something that made me react enough to write up a segment about him. So, congratulations, Skip. You did what you needed to do. But I've got a little bit of information for Skip. Let's just go ahead and get into it. Dear Skip... <laughs> Just because your favorite NFL team has a rich and powerful owner as well with a much more established fan base than the Los Angeles Rams, and that fan base is extremely willing to spend a lot of money, um, but they're far less willing to go all in year after year. So you have what we have, a powerful owner with a bunch of money who is willing to take risks, but he doesn't. Jerry Jones does not, while Stan Kroenke is. Uh, Rams are willing to go all in, year in and year out, while the Dallas Cowboys seem to kind of hang out. They want to build through the draft. Um, they're not great at that. They do have some good players. Uh, Diggs is very good. Parsons is very good. But ultimately, they kind of hang on too tight to players that are not as relevant as they probably could be, um, but they're not going all in every year. Uh, something that the Rams have shown already, I mean, coming off of a Super Bowl and then going after guys like Bobby Wagner and Allen Robinson, I, I think is is kind of proof that the Rams are ready to try to go for it again. Uh, but that also doesn't mean that the Rams fan base is bad, that uh, the Rams are willing to go all in while your team is is not, the Dallas Cowboys. They're not willing to go all in, and we've seen proof of that uh, simply because of their roster moves. We we can see that they're not willing to go all in. They're in a terrible division and still are struggling to establish themselves in the modern NFL. Uh, the Cowboys have a lot of the same resources as the Los Angeles Rams, but uh, the Rams are simply just better at utilizing them. 
the Dallas Cowboys have a brand, just like the Los Angeles Rams, that has a, a big name brand that uh, is historically relevant, um, but the Cowboys don't seem to care about utilizing that in a way that gets people to go to them. Uh, the Cowboys regularly whiff on getting big name players. I mean, they had Von Miller. They they had him. Uh, and then he goes to the Buffalo Bills. I mean, there's countless examples of that as well, but of of players that could have gone to Dallas. Bobby Wagner, absolutely, uh, is in that as well. Could have gone there, but instead chose the Los Angeles Rams. There's got to be a reason. Uh, the Rams spend money on people like Cooper Cup, not people like Amari Cooper, who is now no longer there. He's now a Cleveland Brown. And uh, the, the Rams also have a person in Cooper Cup that is is willing to kind of work with the team, so I'll, I'll give you that as well. But that's where the Rams spend their money, uh, not on a guy, Amari Cooper, who doesn't have as much of an impact as as a guy like Cooper Cup does, for sure. Uh, the Rams, they move on from their Super Bowl quarterback to upgrade at that position, and the Dallas Cowboys spend big money on a guy who has definitely not made the Super Bowl and is ultimately a pretty average quarterback in the NFL. Dak Prescott, hanging on to him a little too tight while the Rams were able to just, Jared Goff got the Rams to a Super Bowl, and sure, he had his his downfalls as far as his, uh, where parts of, of his game he could have improved, but if you watch that NFC Championship game, a uh, very hostile environment, one of the loudest games that I've ever watched, uh, and the way that he was able to kind of handle that game and get the Rams, especially through the the overtime period, getting the, the ball moving into a position to kick the field goal. I mean, it's absolutely that Jared Goff played a big role in that, especially that entire season played a big role. Uh, the Rams were willing to move on from him pretty quick uh, because they felt like they could improve while the Dallas Cowboys hang on very, very tight to their quarterback who is proven to be pretty average. The Rams hire a first-time head coach in Sean McVay who immediately changes the entire team's culture not a coach with an average track record in McCarthy, who had come from having a Hall of Fame quarterback and only winning one ring with him. And then they expected massive changes uh, with McCarthy coming in from going from Garrett to McCarthy and seems to be ultimately the same team. While you can notice a very dramatic difference in going from Jeff Fisher to Sean McVay, very, very massive difference. And that's just another example of something that uh, I, th I think that Skip Bayless wanted from the Dallas Cowboys is a massive change in the culture going from Garrett to a new coach, uh, go going from Jeff Fisher to McVay. That was a massive improvement, um, unbelievable improvement that changed the entire culture while going from Jason Garrett to McCarthy is... Is that even an upgrade? Um, I, I don't know. I think an argue, argument could be made on either side, but ultimately they, the, the Dallas Cowboys feel like the same team that they were um, before that. Uh, let's see here. The Rams, they see a decline in their running back with Todd Gurley, who was extremely talented uh, for a few years there, and they were willing to eat money to move on from him because they saw that he was kind of starting to struggle with his knee. And the Dallas Cowboys overpay for Zeke and kind of hang on to him too tightly. He's probably not even the best running back on that roster anymore, but they feel tied to him now and unwilling to move on while the Rams were 
eating a bunch of dead cap, but wanted to improve that position on the field, so moved on from him. Another example of something that the Rams are willing to do uh, and willing to get their team better, even if it means eating some dead money while the Dallas Cowboys are not willing to do that. They are they would rather hang on to a guy for a couple more years, uh, more more than they need to simply because they don't want to have dead cap or they don't want to they're not ready to move on from that and deal with the financial responsibilities of that. The Rams created an entire entertainment district in Inglewood, California. It's ready to host massive events, not only massive games, but also massive events such as the NFL Honors Show. Um, there's now going to be, uh, I mean, yeah, we could talk about the games, but let's let's give the Dallas Cowboys that credit as well. They can host very large games as well at AT&T. So, so if I uh, be in that venue, I mean, yes, that's awesome, but AT&T can do that as well. So, with the the whole the whole YouTube theater area doing NFL honors, that's not something that AT and T can do as well. So, an, another example of something that Stan Kroenke did better than Jerry Jones uh, as far as his his development there. Uh, the Rams are willing to adapt and change to the ever evolving NFL, and that does not just include the play style, but that includes how they handle social media, how they handle the draft. Uh, how they handle their uniforms. Everything about this team right now is very flashy, very modern, very, very leading the NFL. The way that they're doing everything is people are going to start to follow the Los Angeles Rams while the Dallas Cowboys seem to still be the Dallas Cowboys of the 90s, but just a lot worse as far as the product on the field. They're still that same exact team, but they're just not winning as as much as that previous team did. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are desperately hanging on to tradition and things in the past, which is awesome and and respectable, but it also doesn't lead to 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 wins. And I think we can clearly see that based on the the track record of of Cowboys playoff wins over the last uh, few decades. So, uh, and then while the Rams, I mean, they come in and made two Super Bowls in just the last couple of years. So uh, I think that the, the the Rams model is clearly just a, a lot more uh, relevant and productive than the current Dallas Cowboys model. And I think that that's just leading to some hurt feelings by Skip Bayless, which I mean, it, it totally makes sense when you when you want your team to be something and you see another team being what you want your team to be. It will make you a little bit bitter. And I think that that's why a lot of uh, hatred is coming towards the Los Angeles Rams right now is because people do want their team to be doing what the Rams are doing. Uh, Rams fans are on that side of experiencing it. And maybe maybe we're just excited and maybe that's what's causing these comments. But I'm trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? I'm trying to trying to talk myself through it here. But it's like I said, it's not just what the Rams are doing on the field, which is obviously very good. <laughs> uh, but it's also how the Rams are building their roster, how the Rams are just living in the community with their uniforms, their stadium, their social media presence, their draft house, the way they handle draft picks. All that stuff is just very modern way to look at the NFL while the Dallas Cowboys are very stuck in what they have always been. Uh, but just because our team is willing to do the things that your team has the ability to do but isn't competent enough to pull off, does not mean that we have a the worst fan base in America um, when we just show excitement for what this team has become. Uh, a lot of the, the, these Rams fans, myself included, were there for those terrible years. And when your team wins six games in three years and 
about a decade and a half later, you're now winning the Super Bowl, going to two. Uh, you've been to the playoffs four of the last five years. Two of the last five years, you're in the Super Bowl and you've won one of them. Uh, I, I think that we have a little bit of room to be excited. Uh, I, I would say that any fan base would be excited about that. Uh, that kind of turnaround is is something to to be vocal about. I would say, absolutely. Um, but just the just because the Rams became everything that you wished the Cowboys would have become does not mean you have any ground to stand on uh, when it comes to coming after our Los Angeles Rams fans. Uh, you're in everyone's face when the Cowboys do something good, but you're very hard to find when they fall on their face. Uh, so I would like that to switch as well. If you're going to attack a fan base uh, when the Cowboys do something very poor, I would I'd just be there. Just be just be available. Be present when that happens as well. Uh, if you're going to be there very loud and vocal when the Cowboys do something good, like clinch a playoff spot, then I need you to be I need that, need that matched energy when they get knocked out of the playoffs uh, inevitably like they have. I mean, every every time they've made it very in recent history, they get knocked out pretty, pretty embarrassingly. So it's good stuff. Uh, jealousy is not a good look. And uh, someone in your position, I'd, I'd honestly expect better from you, Skip. Um, that that it's it's jealousy is, is hard to. It's hard to appreciate in any real sense. I mean, it's not a good look being jealous, uh, vocally jealous is not uh, it's not a good look. I. I would say that you're better than this, but I don't know if that's true, Skip. I don't know if you're better than this. I think that this is right in line with with everything that you are. A pathetic comment that bleeds jealousy and bitterness is perfectly in line with what Skip Bayless represents. And uh, if I'm being honest, man, I, I, I would be embarrassed if I was your coworker. So I'm glad I'm not. I, I know I would have a long way to go before I would even be in a position to work alongside you. But I'm really glad that our timelines will not cross in that regard. And I will never have to sit next to you and have that conversation uh, in a professional setting because that's a, it's an embarrassment. And all of your coworkers, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit and attack a co- coworkers of yours or anything, but I, I would have a hard time being a coworker of Skip Bayless and having any kind of respect for myself. That's going to wrap up Ram Showcase <laughs> on, on this uh, beautiful week before the draft. We're in April still as we uh, kind of close it out and, and start wrapping up this roster. Uh, the draft time kind of signifies the completion of your roster and, and starting to wrap it all up. Uh, you've been through free agency. Now you get those young guys in as well. Of course, we are expecting some moves still from the Los Angeles Rams. I'm not sure if we expect those moves as we... As we head before the draft, um, it's very possible, but uh, we're still waiting on the news for Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald's contracts uh, because we've already heard from Matthew Stafford. So we'll see what kind of deal they get and and what that looks like. But I would anticipate that that will open up some space and the Rams can make some other moves uh, as far as some positions that aren't necessarily needs, but positions that they can improve at, such as the safety spot or at cornerback. Uh, edge rusher as well. I like Justin Hollins. I would like to see him start there. I like Robert Rochelle. I would like to see him start there, but let's not pretend that we can't get better. Um, this team, I mean, unless and until we're winning every single game, I mean, you can get better. So let's just, uh, let's just keep, keep trying to get better, I guess, you know, it's fun stuff, but young guys coming in, 
That should be awesome for some depth at the at the positions and stuff. So we will talk about how I handle the draft is we will talk about the guys that the Rams get after the fact. <laughs> uh, we could do pre-draft coverage, but I'm not going to sit here and talk about 200 guys when the Rams are going to get eight of them. And uh, we'll just learn those guys and we will discuss what kind of impact that they could potentially have year one and going into years after that because the Los Angeles Rams have shown in recent history that rookies don't really participate too much. So uh, even this last year, uh, by default, Ernest Jones would be the Rams rookie of the year on offense. It would probably be Ben Skoranek uh, when we were way more excited for guys like Tutu Atwell and Jacob Harris. So Keep that in mind as we head into the NFL draft that everybody at the Rams pick this year probably won't have that much of an impact until year two, year three, year four, when we kind of see how the roster is is shaping up and who is exploding and who's taken off to get bigger paychecks and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, we got to kind of just keep keep an eye on it. And, and we can absolutely get excited about the draft. I'm not trying to talk trash about anybody who gets excited about the draft. I just want to keep the expectations realistic here while we will see a bunch of new Rams come in uh, this next uh, weekend. Uh, it's very, very unlikely that any of these guys will have any true impact on the 2022 season, barring some kind of injury or just some insane explosion of talent that uh, is is impossible to keep off of the football field. So make sure you guys follow the Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media. That would be at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can follow myself as well at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. Try to keep it as simple as possible right there. If you have not already subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do so. It helps me out a ton. And uh, I do appreciate everybody hanging out with me on this beautiful Thursday. It is, it's 11-11 on this beautiful Thursday, in Colorado at least. It's 10-11 in California right now. But that does not mean anything <laughs> to you on when you are seeing this, because this video might be out on Friday. So, I don't know what to tell you guys. All right. <laughs> but that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for watching, and you have a great night. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.